This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to 1230 TWC Business Beat. How is everybody? I've got two people in the studio who have been really poorly. So say hello to them. Say hello to Jean and to Joe. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having us back. Hello, hello. Ed um, has been floating. Ed, the owner of the radio station, has been floating in and out. He's doing lots of interviews lately with different presenters. So watch this space for the news on that. And, and... Love to Beat Radio, based here in Penge, South East London, has got a magazine coming out in a couple of weeks. So watch this space for news of that. So it's an online magazine, and um, we're really excited about it because none of us have seen it yet. It's only Ed that knows what's going on with that. So um, I'm just trying to think what we're going to talk about today. I know both my guests are actually... um, accountants but I want to give you a little bit of news because International Women's Day historically is 8th of March but as it's grown and grown and grown it is actually now a month. The day is still the 8th of March always but International Women's quote unquote day celebrations actually cover the whole of March and 1230 is looking at an event which is on the 19th of March so watch this space it's called the evolution of finance for women so I think that gives you a really good clue as to what it's all about and my two guests are part and parcel of that as well so if you would like to introduce yourselves, um, Jean, if you'd like to introduce yourself in the first place, please. Yes, so Jackie said that I'm an accountant. No, I'm not an accountant. Okay. I'm a financial planner, but that's fine. We have like uh, mutual areas of interest and uh, we probably have the same kind of people asking us for help. So me, I'm working as a <clears throat> associate partner for SGP. So my practice is named EM and MG Wealth Management. So we are online on LinkedIn for anybody who wants to check. And uh, on a daily basis, what we like to do is trying to make people feel well about their finances, providing them with peace of mind. So anything around situation they're worried about, they come to us and we provide comfort. So this is me, Jackie. What else can I say? Well, I think, you know, everybody, everybody is finance and numbers aware, but not necessarily doing it the right way or to best advantage maybe that's the best thing to say not necessarily and we're all very conscious of what's going on in the world at the moment there's a a tremendous amount of toil and trouble and love to everybody a big hug to everybody out there who's having a particularly difficult time but finance is one of the things that sort of brings it all home to us here in the UK so I think that um, the topic that we've chosen is going to be really really useful um, for everyone so do please watch this space in terms of what the content is going to be so I'm going to hand over now to Joe, who is an accountant I've got that one right <laughs> <laughs> Joe Bell hi everyone uh, Joanne Bell here I've been running company called Bell's Accountants for 15 years now it's our 15 year anniversary in January so that was exciting put a bit out on the socials about that um, as Jackie alluded to earlier, I've been quite unwell recently, but I thought I'm definitely going to make it in to be on the radio today, um, especially because I wanted to be really boring and remind you all to file your self-assessments if you haven't done so already, because it's due by the 31st of January. So if you are self-employed, please make sure you filed your tax return and obviously paid any tax that's due um, by that date, because you don't get any penalties or interest no. or anything like that. No. Yes, two days to go, guys. But still, think about tax year end as well coming because 6th of April this year is a new tax year. So, mm. 68 days left before that. Okay, only, only somebody to do with that. Are you Five ready, guys? Like that. 68 days. How many hours is that? We <laughs> haven't had the exact number yet, but still, <laughs> it's important to know that date. <laughs> yeah, no, I well, when I first started. In business, it was for my IT training company, it was IT results, and everything was on a spreadsheet, and it's just very straightforward, in and out, in and out, because I was a sole trader and self-employed, so, you know, there was, 
I did actually register for VAT um, during that time, not because I had that turnover, but I was subcontracting to, and it was quite unusual then for IT trainers. Um, I had two um, trainers I subcontracted to who were registered for VAT. And I spoke to my accountant at the time and he said, well, his advice was not to do it. And he said, why don't you do it for a year and see, which is what I did. Um, and, you know, it was of no advantage to me at all, really. <laughs> so, um, but then, you, see, you know, things things change and move on. And, of course, now with 12.30, it's a limited company, so I have to have a chartered accountant. Um, what, Joe, do you want to sort of expand on why a sole trader doesn't necessarily need a chartered accountant, but um, a limited company does? <clears throat> Certainly. Um, the only difference, really, I mean, anyone can file their own accounts for sole traders or limited companies, but the, the problem with the limited companies is that they have to be filed in a certain format um, that only software can provide. So whereas with if you're a self-employed person, you can just set up a login with HMRC um, and you can file your tax return via HMRC's own website. If you're limited, the accounts have to be done via an attachment um, via a piece of software. So obviously it's possible to get that software yourself, but it's quite expensive. Um, it is becoming easier. You know, softwares like Xero, which is XERO for any of those who are interested, you can do all your bookkeeping through there. Mm. Um, and I understand they're moving towards being able to, to file accounts and tax through there. Also. I, I, I was using Quick, I can't remember now, it's such a while since I used it. Quick, quick file? QuickBooks, possibly. I can't remember now, it's a while ago. Um, but of course everything does now have to be online, doesn't it? It does, yes. Making tax digital is coming for sole traders also, um, which will mean that you absolutely must have a digital piece of software and they are actually going to have to file things every quarter. Um, so whereas at the moment your tax return is only done once a year, it's going to have to be done every quarter, just like a summary of where you're up <coughs> to. So. Yeah, Big Brother's watching us, real-time information. They want to know a bit more frequently. But obviously, we're biased being accountants, but we would recommend everyone has an accountant, whether you're sole trade or limited, um, just really because of the things that you won't know you're entitled to. So funnily enough, people who file their own, you know, you always assume that you're saving money and that you'll have the best you know, possible tax, but if you're doing it yourself. But actually, accountants know things like use of home as office, um, stuff that you might not be aware of that you won't necessarily have receipts for, but mm. they are allowable deductions. And our fees are deductible too. So there's not really sort of any disadvantage to having somebody look over it. Um, plus there's sort of someone to deal with it. If you if you ever get investigated, if HMRC ask any questions, then the accountant will deal with that for you as well. Um, so, yeah, sometimes it's a lot more sort of reasonable than people think in terms of fees and always worth looking into. So now everything's online. Where does a bookkeeper fit in with all that? Um, because obviously it used to be, and, and still is one assumes, that a, book, a bookkeeper, won't, their fees won't be quite as high as an accountant because obviously the qualifications are very different. Um, so so do, do we still need a bookkeeper or does the accountant be the sort of umbrella of it all and they manage the bookkeeper side as well? So we, at Bell's Accountants, we are an all-purpose accountancy firm, so we will deal with, with all the services, basically, we do payroll, VAT, bookkeeping, year-end, but there are lots of accountants that don't want to touch the bookkeeping and payroll, so they will advise you to get a bookkeeper to do it, and indeed, obviously, it can work out more cost-effective, it's worth getting a quote for both, some people like it in one place, some people prefer to have sort of two sets of eyes over it, but although bookkeeping's become a lot more automated than it used to be, you know, Zero and QuickBooks have things like bank feeds, so your bank connects to it automatically mm. um, and all the transactions come in. But someone's still got to match those transactions. Someone's still got to tell Zero where they go. And you can set up rules and things. If you if you are a type of business that has consistently the same suppliers, you know, your landlord or people you purchase things off, then you can tell the system this is this and it's always this. Um, but always there's going to be human intervention. There's going to be somebody looking over it, putting in your mileage records, your petty cash, um, you know, they're things that can't be automated. So so definitely you'd you'd likely need a bookkeeper as well. Plus, of course, VAT. You know, if you are that registered, you mentioned that earlier, the threshold is currently 85,000 in any 12-month oh, period. I wish. So if you make <laughs> if you make that much, um, there are there are sometimes advantages to to registering smaller than that as well. If you're if you're got a lot of VATable outgoing, so say you're a plumber who wants to buy a van um, or you're buying lots of computer equipment, obviously there's VAT on that. So your accountant will be able to do, or your bookkeeper will be able to do a little what if to see 
um, if it would benefit you to go about registered so you can claim those bits back. Um, mm. And of course, if you're business to business, um, then it doesn't matter that you're having to charge your customers VAT because they'll claim that back anyway. Whereas if you're business to consumer, you do have to consider it a bit more carefully because it will just make you 20% more expensive. Obviously, members of the public can't claim the back back that you're that they're paying you, so they're not really concerned of, about how much of it is VAT. To them, that's just the price that they're paying. So there's lots of sort of factors to consider. But again, if you are VAT registered, we would recommend a bookkeeper or an accountant to look over it because it's all sorts of silly things. Is it a cake? Is it a uh, sandwich? Is it hot or cold food? Yeah. Oh, is, gosh, yes. Is it education or training? And you know, all these things affect whether there's VAT or there's not. It's very unnecessarily uh, complicated. Well, that's really interesting. You should touch on that latter part because we've started using a different venue. And whereas our lunchtime meetings historically have always been in restaurants because we like the ambiance, you know, that it gives um, and the service that they in main that they um, that they actually provide us with. But the venue that we're using, we're not using their restaurant for our lunchtime food. They have an in-house. Um, like a cafe thing and they provide the food so when they quoted me the per head cost they omitted to say it was going to be plus that so yes I'm thinking okay so I'm working out all my sums <laughs> in terms of you know what's going in and what's going out and all the rest of it um, and then I've got the bill and it said plus that so I said where's that come from then and of course then I looked it up because of how it's all placed in the building and, and as you say, the, the different facilities and everything else. So so that's um, an eye-opener for me. I never, never thought about it. I suppose it's like, is it, you know, with McDonald's, for example, it's a different price in if you eat it there to when you take it out. Is it like that sort of, you pay VAT when you take it out, don't you? should pay either way, but normally they give you a bit of a discount for eating uh, out because you're not taking up a table. Oh, uh, right. Oh, so it's not quite like that. Yeah, so that was a bit of a shock. It's an interesting know. choice, what you just did. <laughs> Comparing, <McDonald's>. yeah. <laughs> well, as opposed to the rich bit. Exactly. <laughs> That's the topic for next month. Yeah. How much fat on a 20 packet and I'll get some Exactly, or something <laughs> else. <laughs> I'll make a note of that, right? Uh, about that. <laughs> anyway. Thank you, Joe, for all that. So, Jean, you said you're not an accountant. Where do you fit in alignment with the... With the things that Joe was talking about is it completely separate? I know it's you know. Uh, the bit we just mentioned was purely transactional mm. about how they keep track of the revenues growing according to their situation. So it's more on the accountant kind of side of operations. But let's picture that woman or man we're talking about having extra cash after paying all these taxes in due time because we know. The 31st is coming. At that moment, the questions will pop. What do I do with the extra cash if it's not part of my operations and I have extra on my hands? What's the best allocation for that? So it depends on the circumstances. It depends on the goal. And at that time, you know, we can sit down and look at what the business owner would like to do and what is the goal in the long term. So this is basically where she can call me or we can work together with her client or a business owner in this sort of configuration. There's all a number crunching the element of that. So yeah. so I know we've spoken Joe before about your client base and the variety in there. What about you, Jean? What's what sort of client base do you have? Is it different? Very you know, I mean is everybody different and do you have any specifics that you like to work with? No, there's no specific target in mind, but uh, I'm dealing with people talking about investment planning a lot. They like to have a third eye about where to allocate the extra cash I mentioned. And also people keen to know how to pay tax appropriately because sometimes they have the impression that they're paying too much because they're not careful enough. They don't understand the way how they can improve efficiently the way they're doing paying their taxes. So this is the two types of categories, but excluding that too, people can talk about making sure they're ready for their retirement as well. So it's really a broad kind of spectrum depending on the person in front of me. Yeah, so so your people could be um, sole traders or they may not have a business at all or they might be a charity. Yes, sort of because behind the sole trader there's a person. 
with personal history, personal finances. So even business owners, they have personal issues or personal needs. So basically everyone, and specifically business owners, because they have other priorities, because they have a business to run, making sure they are fit every day. So it's a different kind of situation, but still, it's somebody I can sit with. Exactly, yeah. Mm. What we try to do, obviously, once we've looked at the tax position and make sure the person's sort of minimising their tax is how best to make use of the profits they're making personally. Um, so obviously that's where Jean comes in. Um, they need to look at pension contributions, you know, personal savings. I think there's a lot of business owners that tend to reinvest everything into the business and maybe, you know, they hope in the future the business will be sold and that's how they'll make their money and that's you know that that happens for for a lot of our clients but i think the stats remain i think it's something like 80 percent of businesses never sell um and that's various reasons really that there's no buyer you know the business can't survive without the owner um can be video killed the radio star you know something comes out that makes that business obsolete so we don't want our clients relying upon that as a retirement plan we want to make sure that they are also you know taking advantage of their savings allowance and extracting that money in a in a tax efficient way really um, which is the next stage on from you know managing their their tax bills and making sure that's as low as possible mm. yes a fair point it's because... really interesting so much of this actually is something that i've never touched on so yeah that's no, really interesting just to add to what you said timing is key that's why if you're just starting your business you see the money coming in don't forget to think about where you've been 30 or 20 years guys it's important Retirement is far away, but you start early. Just to give you an example, when you're 22, we said that you should put away something close to £200 each month until you get to the state pension age of 66. You reach the amount of pot around £200,000, £200K. So when you're 32, 10 years later, if you haven't done the thing you should have done before, you're late. So you start paying £600 per month. To reach the same amount. Oh, if you start at 42, you start paying £1,000 to reach the same amount. So if you start at 52, guess what? You have to put away 1500 So yeah, the early the best, actually. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I think this is why one of, one of the things with the day, with the event that we've got planned for March... Um, starts at roots starts with children doesn't it it starts with the education of getting them to recognize the importance and the value of money to their, to their whole life really um in that sense and so uh, i'm not going to give too much away now but you'll find it a really exciting and enlightening day um 19th of March, make sure you've got it down. <laughs> Change doing a little jig around the room. <laughs> Excellent. I like the way you bridge everything together. <laughs> Harmony. Love it. Yeah. But it's all, so, it, as I say, I, I'm not going to give too much away, but it's all about numbers. And one of our guests is um, slightly off the wall in that direction, one of our guest speakers. And that's Joe Soley, who has a business called Bizology. And, and she her specialism is numerology, so it is all about numbers, but how it's going to align with everything else. So we've got a wide variety. So do keep your eyes peeled for the news about that. Um, and do also any events that you've actually got coming up. We are a locally based radio station, radio show, but we've got international reach. So it doesn't really matter too much where you are. Uh, in that sense, in terms of whatever shout-outs with different events you've actually got. So welcome, welcome our um, regular listeners and also our new listeners. Do let me have your birthdays. Let me know your birthdays. I did a bit of research at the weekend to see whose birthday it is today, but there wasn't anybody that appealed to me, I have to say. Thousands of people, but nobody that really shouted out at me. So, but happy birthday to everybody whose birthday is today or yesterday or the day after. Do let me know when your birthdays are so we can dedicate our happy birthday song that we always play to you. And also let me know what your um, events are, anything that you've specially got. You know, if you've got a book launch or if you've got something happy um, and 
varied with the family. It doesn't necessarily have to be business focused. Well, I'm very happy to do that for you on the shout outs. And don't forget, with our shows, they are all recorded. And my show in particular goes to podcasts. So not this Friday, but the following Friday, you'll find it as podcast. This show, you'll find this show as podcast the following Friday on the website and our website is all the w's 1230.co.uk and as I say surprisingly you will find the podcast on a tab called podcasts so I think they've gone to sleep I think Jean and Jack gone to sleep you go to sleep it's nice and warm in here <laughs> not at all still listening I'm here uh, so if there's anything um about today's show that you think you if you've got pen and paper handy, I'm sure you have, in terms of what my guests are going to share with you, as well as the details of 12.30. But if there's anything you, you want to re-listen or you've missed parts of the show, this, not this Friday, following Friday, it will be there with all the other podcasts and you can catch up on all that news there. So, ladies, Joe, you said you chose your piece of music because you, your daughter loves it. And she likes dancing around to it. So I can imagine you dancing around and singing to it. And Jean, what about you? What, what, what made you ch- your choice? Remind us what it was called? Oh, it was the Storms, the Hide and Sick. I think it was just because he's funky. You know, it makes you boo. Just appealed. Yes, exactly. Just, yeah, why not? Just that. It puts you in a good mood because you're moving around the kitchen cooking. In the sound <laughs> in the ears. So that's fine. Yeah. I've been doing more cooking lately because... Um, um, regular listeners will know that my husband recently had a knee replacement um, and ordinarily he holds the fork in terms of cooking and things but he's got used to the idea that I've been doing the cooking now so <laughs> I sort of shot myself in the foot there How do you cope Jackie? <laughs> like you <laughs> Like you and I've got a cleaner starting um, mm. I've had a gap without a cleaner and she's coming on on Wednesday um, my husband does voluntary work at St Christmas Hospice in Downham. He does half a day. I've told him strictly he's not to do any more t- than two hours because it's too much standing, you know, with, with his knee and everything. Um, and so my cleaner has to come when she, he's not here. When yeah, when he's not here, so she's coming when So uh, you know, it's a little things that life that are exciting. <laughs> Jackie, are you one of these people that have to clean your house before the cleaner comes? I've heard of that. I used to. Are you the type doing that? The funny thing is, I've noticed that my husband has been doing a bit more over the last couple of days. He's not normally a housework person. He doesn't tend to do it. But there have been various things that he's been doing, and I thought that he's doing exactly what you said, Joe. (laughs) I don't know whether he's doing that consciously or what. Yeah, you've got to have a nice clean house for the cleaners to come. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Or you reduce the hours of the cleaner. I don't know. Find the balance. I don't know. Do you do you have a cleaner in your house? Apart from yourselves? My house is still being renovated, so <laughs> I've kind of given up. I've just thought, oh, it's, there's so much dust or whatever while it's going on that it just seems a bit a bit pointless. But I'm sure yeah. once it's all done, I, I will do. Because I definitely I have to practice what I preach, and I do uh, talk to clients about you know, even things like outsourcing your bookkeeping. I think, well, you know, why do that yourself if you could pay someone a lesser amount than what you can earn in that hour yes. um, to do it? And I think, you know, cleaning is a similar thing. Give it to someone who that's their speciality and it's all about what you can do with that time instead, whether that's spending time yeah. with your kids or working on your business or anything. Yes. Absolutely. Business time or quality time yeah. is a very good alternative. So, yes, I'm using an agency for that. We've got, we've got a, a very good window cleaner, Gareth who's clear, clear view, I think his business is. He's one of the uh, window cleaners with the big poles, you know, the sorts. And um, it just brings to mind what you were saying, Joe, because um, periodically I ask him to do the insides as well as the outside. And <laughs> I've seen him for ages, so we were naturally away. So the time that he was going to be cleaning the insides of the windows and I was going to be doing some work went out the window literally <laughs> because we were chatting and putting the world to rights you know about the government and everything else that's going on because he's uh, ex-army and I discovered the other day that he's prior to that he was police force as well so you know there was a lot of things that um, he was saying about all that sort of thing so 
Yeah, that's cool. No, you're right. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes, for and from business women on all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. Welcome back. We were going to talk about a variety of things, but actually <laughs> we're now going to talk about something else, I think. Because we were talking about, you know, state of mind and how things have moved on um, with, um, you know, for example, my, my parents rented their property and that wasn't unusual in those days. And they were sitting tenants and I think they paid about 10 shillings a week or it might have even been a month, I don't know. Um, but actually 10 shillings in that time was actually quite a lot of money by comparison to what it is now. So to 50p, I mean, it's, you know, you could fill a car up for 10 shillings. Um, with petrol, to, and you girls would remember the fact that they actually brought vouchers out. You could have vouchers for, for petrol, and, um, but they've dropped that idea. So, what were we talking about? We were talking about state pension, and Joe, Joe, hand over to you for and Jean as well. Yeah, so I, I was saying a bit of a controversial opinion, but I, I think that there probably won't be a state pension by the time I retire. So I'm, I'm sort of 38 this year for context. Um, and I think part of introducing, you know, workplace pensions, auto enrolments, is making employers responsible for, you know, effectively topping up people's private pensions so that they won't have to rely on the state because they're aware they're, you know, running out of money and all of that. Um, and I think that's all very well. But where does that leave self-employed people? Because those who don't, you know, if they're not employed, then nobody's topping up that pension for them unless they're doing privately. And obviously, you know, with cost of living, things are a lot more expensive than they were back then. Back then, state pension probably would have been adequate um, to cover, you know, things you've still got to pay for when you retire, like your electric, gas, council tax, all that sort of thing. Mm. Whereas now, you know, I don't feel like it is. And it's, it's you know, having to put aside quite a considerable amount of, of your income every month to make sure you're you're provided for in your retirement it's interesting actually just to sort of go back to my mum and dad really is, is the fact that dad works and mum worked for a short period of time as a bookkeeper um and my dad was um <laughs> worked for the prudential as the man that came and knocked on your door and collected your insurances um but i remember when the pensions were actually moved over you didn't go to the post office to collect it they moved it over to a bank account my mum and dad I would consider were intelligent people they had a bank account but they got really flummoxed by it and so when and, and actually found it wasn't a lot but actually found that they were in debt because they didn't understand how the cash flow worked from the bank statements that they actually got it wasn't something that they'd ever been involved with and yes mum was a um, employed as a bookkeeper that's something that she'd been trained to do and dad she used to manage dad's books for the insurance and everything but having a bank account totally totally flummoxed them because it wasn't something they'd ever had so i don't know do you see something like that happening now joe in terms of what the changes that you foresee yeah i think that that sort of touches on what you mentioned earlier jackie about financial education um, I was at a sort of financial wellness uh, education event quite recently and the gentleman asked the audience how many had had any kind of formal training on money, um, you know, and that might be credit cards, mortgages, you know, life insurance, bank accounts, as you say, and uh, nobody put their hand up and it turned out everybody in the room was self-taught, you know, we, we only knew what, what we'd come across and by the mistakes that we'd made and I think as well generationally people didn't speak about things like that very much no. so you know we things like managing a household budget you know what you've got coming in versus what you've got going out and what you've got in the disposable income and then I think that's been made worse by the excuse me the world seems now inclined to get everybody in debt you know trying to encourage young people to have student loans credit cards all this sort of thing and you think if you don't have the money to to buy that thing now you know, why would you have it next month or the month after that? And it just sort of gets worse and worse and worse until these young people are in a real, in a real sort of sticky point and having to get yeah, bailed out by bank mum and dad. If I can add something, it's also because for young people, money and a card is something without connection. So they have the card, 
they have a code, then money gets out. Mm. And there's no understanding of what's going on in terms of actually, if you don't use the money properly, you have to pay a debt on it because it's just an expense. Mm. So people should understand what's the difference in between spending because down the line you receive something in return or just spending and that's it, a cost. So <laughs> what you say is quite right. People need to understand when you spend because something will grow and when you spend and nothing will come of it. It's just purely an expense for you. So <sighs> debt is good, but not for everyone. And debt can be useful in a certain number of situations you should be aware of. And this is where the training comes into place. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I think I don't know whether um, you ever watch Martin Lewis. Definitely. Yeah, we, we do. Um, and I mean, recently, actually, just sort of deviate slightly, he was talking the other week um, about, you know, the um, government increase when you're dealing with your mobile phones and dealing with broadband and all the rest of it that goes in on March. This year it's going to be £7 something or other. And he was saying that there are four big um, companies that everybody like EE and Virgin Media and all this way, um, that people piggyback on. And he said that we all need to look at comparable, for example, mobiles um, that provide exactly the same service and a lot less. And that's exactly what I've done. Because I was paying, I mean, I've been with EE for years. Very good service. There were any problems on the mobile. And I was paying, I think it was £17 something, but by the time it was all sorted out, it was £22 a month. Okay, it's not a bad amount of money, but if you can make it less. For six months with another company offering exactly the same service, exactly the same, um, you know, limitless uh, text and calls and all of it, I'm paying for six months, I am paying £3.46p. Oh my goodness. You had the same, any issues with signal and things like that? You've had exactly the same company? It's only been for a few days, it's, well, about a week. Um, yes. And their support is excellent. Um, I realised on Saturday, I think it was, that um, people trying to phone me weren't actually, it wasn't ringing on my mobile. So I phoned them up and within within an hour it was, it was working. So, you know. Okay, <clears throat> I'll add a little something there. Because when you compare like uh, that company, I don't know the name of it, with the big... L-Y-C-A. Fair enough. So let's say a small player with a big one, because this is what you did. It's the same level of service. Mm. Actually, what you have to ask yourself is, as Joe said, is the continuity of your service at the same level? Mm. Is all the advantages that you used to have there? In this case, the price will make the decision. But if because of their size they can't come up with the same level of coverage to you all the time. You know what you're paying extra with the big player? Oh, yeah, no, I, I understand the, the balance of it all. Um, I mean, I did extensive research before. Martin Lewis didn't actually recommend this company. He just said, get out there and look, because okay. there are companies that will offer you um, comparable services. Um, and he said they could, you know, it's, and so far, so good. Um, I did extensive research on what I found, um, and actually spoke to somebody the other day and they said, oh yeah, I've heard of them. And I said, well, I've never heard of them. Um, but what they say they're doing is exactly the same as well. I, I had a SIM card. The last year I went to SIM card rather than keep up in the phone. I don't know what you do. Do you, do you change your phones? How does it work for you? I do up my phone, but it's only mm. just because I run it down so much. You know, I use it all the time pretty much as a and on computer so by the time my contract's up after two three years or whatever the battery's done and it starts to, to die out way through the day and i think oh no i do need a new one it frees up <laughs> what about you g no i'm loyal i'm loyal to the big players in this instance and uh, shopping around for this as well is new to me so i'll probably look into that mm. but it's interesting to have this approach for pretty much all the services we consume. Mm. So I'll look into that carefully. Yeah, I was with, um, I've still got my very first mobile phone. I got it when I was 50 and my children bought it for me when it was my birthday. So I've kept it for that reason, sitting in the drawer there. And I think I was with Orange. 
right in the very early days I was with Orange and then at some stage went over to EE, can't remember quite why, but I went over and I've been with EE for years. Yeah, um, because I think EE at the time was slightly under the pricing level maybe. of range at some point, so you did yeah. the right decision like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haggle, because Martin says haggle and I've always haggled. Okay. Or spoken nicely. Okay. <laughs> and that you know, if you don't ask, you could, I mean, they've got a job to do, haven't they, the people on the end of the phone. And they know exactly what they can let you have or what they can't let you have. Um, you've just got to ask them. It's always like when you ring up to cancel something, isn't it? And they immediately say, oh, well, we'll give you it half price. And you think, oh, well, why didn't you do that before? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not going to volunteer it, are they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. I think, um, well, I mean, that's a big difference, isn't it? Big difference for me. But as I say, it's fairly early days. So far, so good. Yeah, I mean, it's all, all everything just worked. It's not, um, I couldn't get my SIM card out, so I went into the local mobile phone shop in Beckenham High Street, and they did it for me, bless them. So that was, you know, everybody's been, the service has been excellent all out, really. So... Moving on to something a bit more constructive in that sense, we touched on goal setting because we're coming up to the end of, uh, well, we're coming to 31st of January, which is a big one, isn't it? Um, What about goal setting? What what do you think we ought to be doing? So this is what I've been moving towards with my consultancy, because um, now my accountancy firm is the size that it is. I don't get as involved now in producing tax returns. So the team have kind of been cracking on with that in time for the deadline and that's freed me up to help some of our clients and people who are not clients to set some of their strategy goals for the for the coming year um you know january is always a good time to start looking but obviously the other time is potentially april as jean said start of the new tax year as well um and my my own goal is to help at least 12 businesses this year do a sort of real deep dive into their growth strategy for the next 12 months I love to work with businesses who want to grow you know I want to grow fast and maybe that's organically or maybe that's by buying another business Um, they might be looking at selling a branch of theirs and doing something else with the money Um, so and I think a really important part of that is is setting goals so setting the end goal but also what you've got to be doing on a monthly basis in order to, to be able to get there um, lots of you might have heard the term smart goals that's something I sort of talk about a lot because we don't want to set sort of wishy-washy goals like, like I just want to earn more you know we want to make some really specific targets around profits turnover um, debt collection all those kind of things that, that business owners might be struggling with um, and, and look at improving each of those statistics one by one really what we can do to, to help you touched on debt collectors there what what uh, is there, a lot of, is there a lot of that going on? I mean, that sounds a bit silly to say that, doesn't it? Tell, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, it's more your debt collection day. So if you if you raise an invoice, um, you know, some business owners think that that's it, the job's done, they've raised the bill. But from our perspective as accountants, the job's done once the money's received. So it's very important to keep an eye on that statistics, how much you're owed from your customers. Um, and you might have, you know, your payment terms might be payable on receipt. It might be seven days, 14 days, 30 days, even some of these large companies are 60 to 90 days. But either way, you have to keep a very close eye on cash flow because you can quite easily get into sort of spending more than what you're getting in or, you know, having a a tax bill that you you weren't expected. Because it is possible to be paying tax on money you haven't yet received in your bank account, where lots of accounts are done on what we call an accrual basis, which means they're done on the date of the invoice, not on the date of the collection. So that's why it's important to make sure you collect the money in and there are you know, processes we can put in place. So talking again about software, like we touched on earlier, um, Zero QuickBooks, they all have the option to set up automated statements to remind your customers that money's owed and when it's owed. Um, you can attach software that can take payment via a link. So they've only got to touch a link on the invoice itself to in order to make payment. And it just ensures really that the, the cash sort of keeps, keeps on coming. Business. And of course, the thing is, as well, I'm assuming just from my own experience, is that you may set on your invoice a seven day for payment, but they don't pay in seven days on receipt of your invoice. Their turnaround might be, I don't know, third, third Wednesday of the month or something. Um, so, how do you help your, your clients to balance that one? 
certainly. So obviously it's important to make those payment terms clear to the customer and make sure they have agreed to those payment terms before you start working with them. And then if they do sort of stretch that out, then at least you know that that's at your discretion and you would be within your rights to sort of chase that debt. Um, but again, it's about making sure you're the person that shouts the loudest because we have business owners, you know, in all sorts of problems these days for various reasons. Rents have gone up, the cost of borrowing has gone up, the tax has gone up. So there's a lot of pressures on, on business owners. And sometimes it does come down to making sure you're heard and making sure that you've sent regular statements. Maybe you've picked up the phone to their finance department if it's a larger company. Ask if you're on the next payment run, when can you expect payment? And then hold that person accountable if you're promised a payment on Friday or Wednesday. Make sure that if it's not there, you've, you've rung up at the end of that day and, and asked where it, where it is. And, you know, don't, don't make promises that you can't keep. So if you say that you're going to take further action, you know, legal action or whatever by X date, then make sure that you, you go ahead with it so that they know that they have to respect the terms you've put in place you know, to protect your own business. See so many of these you know, large companies going down now, particularly sort of construction, and sometimes it takes a whole raft of other smaller businesses down with it because they're all owed money from the, the larger contractor. So that's why it's just important that we don't expose ourselves too much, don't give away don't give too much of a credit limit or too long a payment terms that it puts our own businesses under pressure. Because mm-hmm. you, you mentioned about construction, whenever there's issues, financial issues out there, it's the construction company that feels it worst. Um, but my experience, I don't know whether you, you would agree with this, but my experience is that if the construction industry is, is has taken a lift and is um, succeeding and doing well, then that's a good indicator out there in the general finance it used market. To be, it used to be the case like uh, in the type of economy we had 20 years ago. Right. But now because it's more like material and lots of services, oh, the impact okay. of the construction service on the GDP is not that prominent oh, okay. that it used to be. Uh-huh. But it was quite true before. But now with all the tech sector and the involvement in services industry, this impact is less oh, present okay. than it used to because you know that they used to say that if the government had spend and spend more, construction services will take on and will have some kind of growth because they will invest more, they will hire more. But it depends on the structure of the economy actually. Oh, right. Yes. Okay, so it's not such a good market then, is it? And in the UK, we have construction, we have a lot of services as well. Mm. So I think there's been some weird events as well, haven't they? Like, for example, during COVID, construction was still very strong because uh, people were still allowed to have trades in their house. And there was a lot of sectors, hospitality, mm-hmm. leisure, were obviously badly affected. So it, it, it does depend what the causes are of the suppression. At the moment, it's the interest rates. So that, that does have a knock-on effect on the property market just because of people not wanting to renew their mortgages, take more money to do extensions. They get cautious, yes, because they say that it's too high. Do you so. think people are, uh, I mean, I've just noticed around our, our area that people are not tending to move so much, but they are developing their houses more, um, you know, perhaps extending their kitchen and dining room area or putting another room up, uh, bedroom in there. Are you it's finding like, that people are moving, not moving, and are doing that? I don't have the exact numbers, but in terms of principle, how it works, rather than being able to sell, you can improve the value of where you're living, hoping that when the market will get back to its feet, you'll be able to sell at a good price. Because if you think about it, if you invest in your house, you expand your kitchen, you make sure that there's a swimming pool, if you're able to do that. <laughs> you're just having like Where 10%. You yes, you never know. You're sure that 10% up the pricing will be there. And if all the prices are going up, you gain from that investment. And uh, if you use the allowances right as well, the right expenses, you know, it's tax efficient to do that. So people are quite clever when it comes to managing the house and the value of the house, but less when it's about the money, mm. the budget, the, the expenses, the debt, and knowing where to put the extra cash. But with the houses, I have to say, they're quite good. <laughs> they're quite good, depends. So how many swimming pools have you got? I don't have any, but I'm aware of people expanding houses with a swimming pool rather than a kitchen. So it's an interesting option. Yeah. Yeah, or basement. Yes. With a gym. Another type of client. (laughs) 
but still it's doable. Yeah. So for you, what about how goal settings for you? Have you got anything in place? I like SMART, world? Joe. I like SMART. Because it's specific, measurable, you know, it's something you can take account of. So it's something we have to do. And as she said, sometimes people say, I want to have a house for my retirement. But the more you're specific, the more you get there, because then I'll start asking you, okay, fair enough. You want a house. What type of house? When do you see yourself retiring? Is it 10 years, 20 years? Where is your house? In Spain or in the UK? So if you don't have all these elements, it's just a wish. So we are in the business of making things happening. So the goal is something we can realize. The wish is something in the air. You're not sure. And it also needs to be monitored. So if you say to yourself, now, I want to get my house in five years and I'll put X amount of money to get there, is something you can track. Mm. So I think that specific, accurate, something you can track Mm. and also affordability. Because if you say that you want a house of two million and when you look at your resources, you can just buy a house of 300, you're never going to get there. So it's about a reality check as well that you do to yourself. And if there's a third eye to tell you, okay, maybe not 2 million, can you compromise for like 200K? It's doable. So yes, then we move forward. So as she said, it's more or less about the process of building your wishes to make them happening. And then after that, you take care of all your own circumstances and what is available in terms of options. And we make it happen. This is how it works. Is that what your clients at the moment are doing? Are they focusing on their homes or... What's their main focus, do you think? Now, for the clients, is bonus, bonuses season, negotiating the pay rise. So People still get bonuses. Of course they are. It depends on the sector you're working in. So for those people now, the question is, where do I put the extra cash? Because remember that you have really high interest rates, but there's a catch here. If you have too much interest, you can pay taxes on it. So what do you do? So you need to be smart enough to know where to put the money. And this is what the conversation is leading us at the moment. Because people need to know what to do with the extra money they'll get March, April. Not leaving money on the table, using all the allowances available in the tax reliefs. Mm. 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 Interesting. Joe, your thoughts? Yeah, I was reading a book recently, Arnold Schwarzenegger, for useful. It was really, really good. And it's all about basically having a vision um so what you were talking about Jean, about you know having a, a name for the future uh, that's what it's really about it's about seeing that that goal really clearly and then obviously financial expertise in order to to, to help you to get there because everything needs resources and needs finances doesn't it i mean i've got clients that want to start their, their goal is to start maybe a uh, a charity or a community interest company and that's a brilliant goal to have, like an impact-driven goal rather than finances. But unfortunately, everything still requires money. Yeah. <laughs> so we still have to look at, you know, how that's going to be funded, what the sources of income will be, um, how best to utilise that, that money. Um, so it's all just about having a plan, really. And it's a really good time of year. That's why we, we touch upon it now, to sort of sit down and, and look at what that plan looks like. 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio Mondays 2 till 4 p.m. UK time Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes For and from business women On all the socials www.1230.co.uk At Love to Beat Radio <laughs> Jean, she's just eating the biscuit I'm just giving her a second to get over that one <laughs> Yes, Jackie, I'm listening <laughs> Some tips you were talking about. Yes, so as we said earlier, we're going cl- we're getting close to the <clears throat> end of the tax year, and there's a couple of info you should keep in your mind. So regarding the possibility for you to take the opportunity to organize your finances, we talked about ISAs, and as an individual, you have. £20,000 you can put in an ISA. And it's a good idea why, because you remember that recently we've seen interest rates rising and a lot of people kept their cash in their deposit account. And unfortunately, 
we only have like £1,000 in terms of saving allowance when you're basic retail taxpayer or £500 when you hire red taxpayer. So what it means is that if you have a certain amount of cash on your account and you have 5% interest on it and it's more than £10,000, you receive a letter from HRMC asking you to pay taxes on it. But if you're smart, you can open your ISA, put your 20000 into it, and the beauty of it is that you won't pay tax on the interest and it will grow without a tax. And it's a take it or leave it kind of allowance. So if you miss the date and comes the 6th of April 2024, you haven't done it, you won't be able to carry it forward to the year commencing. So think about that, guys. The same for your pension contribution. It was 40000 allowed to put in your pension pot before. Now it's 60k. So it means that if you haven't done it yet, think about it. For this one, you have the carry forward option. But still, why not doing it now before the end of the fiscal year 23-24 to start 24-25 with this peace of mind that you did the right thing? And if you're a limited company, the way that that ties in with tax also is that you can pay that pension contribution via your company um, and that contribution is deductible for corporation tax. So really, you know, if you have that, that cash available in reserves in your business, it's a no-brainer, especially with the corporation tax going up because it's not 19% flat anymore. Um, you know, if you're over over that 50 grand limit then it's going up in a, in a tiered way so if you think what it would cost you in corporation tax on that money and also income tax if you were to draw it out personally rather than pay it directly into your pension um, it pretty much sort of pays for itself so it's, it's definitely a, a good thing to look at is to utilize the pension allowance if you're running a limited company as well as a software. Brilliant. Well, we'll be getting some amazing, amazing tips from these two super ladies here today, but we don't know, or you don't know, how to get hold of them. So, Jean, how's anybody going to find out more about you and get in touch? Oh, this is so simple, Jackie. You go on the internet and you put <laughs> emnmgwealthmanagement.co.uk and normally, if you put my name close to it in the bar for the research, like Jean, J-E-A-N-N-E, then my name, Pondo, M-P-O-N-D-O. I bet you'll find me. And I'm linking as well. So take your chances, guys. <laughs> well done. What about you, Joe? How are people going to get in touch? So I've been a lot more active on LinkedIn recently, Jackie. It's something on my goals again, going back to earlier. So, yeah, do find me on LinkedIn, Joanne Bell, uh, Bell's Accountants. Love to, to hear from you on there because I'm always looking to make contacts as well with other other business owners, not just for, you know, clients or people for me to work with, but also people who can work closely with my clients. Um, you know, we have probably 2000 small business clients across Kent, Surrey and London. Um, and they often ask us, you know, do you know someone who can help with my marketing, with my HR, any of my social media, you know, any of those things. So love to make connections with all those people so we could collaborate and, and work together to help clients um, if you'd like to read a bit more about me personally uh, my new personal website is www.joannebell.co.uk um, I've got testimonials on there with clients that I've worked with on a consultancy basis um, you know startups high growth businesses and those looking to acquire there's also a bit about my story on there or obviously if you're just looking for some accountancy support www.bellsaccountants.co.uk um, we do have a section on there as well about our switchover service which just really helps people to understand the process of switching accountants because some people think that if they've been with an accountant for a long time uh, it's going to be a huge hassle to change they're going to have to provide all the books and records for years and years um, and that's not the case at all the switchover happens between the two accountants so there's nothing for you to do at all apart from to notify your existing accountant that you're moving um, and then the new accountant will deal with the old accountant and all the handover. So if you are looking to switch provider, you know, not necessarily to us, I just encourage anybody who maybe isn't getting the advisory service that they'd like. Um, the world has opened up. Don't need necessarily someone local now because you can you know, have meetings online and things like that. So it just means that you can really pick someone that's going to help you to achieve your goals um, and give you the kind of proactive advice that you need. Thank you. That's brilliant. And I think you've been a superb guest today, so thank you so much for 
all your tips that your advice you've been giving everybody. Jean's just doing another little jig now. Um, and um, what I want to remind everybody is that we are a locally based station, but with internet global reach, um, the station is Love to Beat Radio. That's L O V E D A B E A T radio station. And following on from me is the lovely Ozzy Osman with his indie rock. So we're here every Monday 2 till 4 and Ozzy is 4 till 6. He has another gig during the week, but I can't remember what that is. So <laughs> I'm sure Ozzy is actually going to be telling you about that. Don't forget that we've got an online magazine coming out as well. So do keep your eyes open for that. That's Love to Beat Radio based here in Penge in South East London. 12.30 has lunchtime meetings, so do have a look at the website, which, as I mentioned previously, is all the w's1230.co.uk, and you will find on the calendar all the details. You'll find my guests that I've got for the radio station and also for the lunchtime meetings, which are um, in various different places. And we also have a TV so we've got our regular radio every Monday and we've got a, what I like to call our TV meeting, which is an online meeting, and that's every second Wednesday. So if you can't make one meeting either in person, the regularity is the same for every group. So the Bromley meeting is the third Wednesday of every month and the TV one is the second Wednesday of every month. And then two that just stick in my mind. So you'd have to look at the website to find the others. Um so do keep an eye on that. We also have a regular menopause gang, our hot stuff, that come on periodically with advice about the menopause and different experiences. So if that's something you want to take up, have any particular questions, do let me know and I can pass that on and we can wrap that round in our shows for you. We're also looking to have a global speed networking event towards the end of the year. So keep your eyes open that so do check on the website all the w's 1230.co.uk on the radio station which is love to beat radio station based here in penge so it's a bit cloudy out there at the moment i like to keep you up to date with what's happening with the weather <laughs> we were also talking about our health weren't we Jackie, before we came online and just yeah. the balance is an awful lot going around at this time of year isn't there people got coughs and colds yeah. um, I've been ill, Jean's been ill so it's really important to sort of keep that, that work-life balance and yeah. uh, uh, made me laugh that you brought so many snacks this time Jackie because I've, I've sat and ate my body weight and pretzels but <laughs> next time if, if I'm invited back less less snacks please. oh sorry seems <laughs> <laughs> like a good idea <clears throat> yeah it was with good intention anyway so I said thank you for that it's good to have some snacks thank you Jackie yeah, you're very welcome and uh it's not chocolate anyway. Sorry, Jean. It's not chocolate. Indeed. Bretzel, still okay. We know. No, just to go back to what Joe was saying is about making sure that you're healthy, that's sure, and uh, also put something in place in case you're not available as a business owner because they need you. You're important. Yeah, we need the captain on the ship. One of the things, health-wise, one of the things we were talking about was the fact that um, none of us knew that if you have antibiotics, you should actually follow that up with um, probiotics so that's something for people to investigate and maybe we'll have another discussion on health another time but um, it is uh, um, something that I was made aware of a couple of years ago that probiotics need to follow up on antibiotics um, so check those out and keep your vitamin C going so I just want to thank my super, super guest today because I'm sure there's lots and lots of tips there that you've been able to share with everybody from the financial. Don't forget 31st of January, which is not tomorrow but the day after, um, and make sure that you've got everything in place there and you know, again, Joe, how can people get hold of you? www.bellsaccountants.co.uk and there's a contact us form on there if anybody needs any last minute help with that tax return. Excellent, thank you. And Jean, you. So, EMNMG, Wealth Management, you can find me online, Jean Bundo. So, if tax year end is something that is obsessive for you, what to do, we can talk about it. Excellent, well, thank you very much. Thank you both very much for being here today. Thank you so much for um, my listeners who have been there 
uh, tuned in and do keep an eye on who we've got for guests next week and this particular show will be available to you not this Friday but the following Friday on podcast so I shall leave you with why is it I've got two mouses on my desk and I always manage to pick up the wrong one and here's I think the boss man is he back yep yep boss man's here just to make sure we're behaving ourselves um the lovely head (laughs) who has gone off to have some lunch um as well as the fact that we're going to have lots and lots of new exciting presenters so do keep an eye open for that this is jackie groundsell 1230 the women's company broadcasting here from love to beat radio based in Penn. so keep an eye open for the magazine and i'll see you all next week bye for now This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio.